Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsborough, Oregon. Hey, in this week's episode, we are having a conversation regarding a book called Word versus Deed, really more so regarding the concept of the book, which is, Nick, how would you sum up the concept of the book? Um, so the book is Word Verse Deed, and the, the author is Dwayne Litfin, L-I-T-F-I-N. Ooh, you um, spelled it. Yeah, well, it's a hard. Litfin? It's not Lifton. It's, it's not very Litfin. common, is it? Uh, so it is kind of a hard one. Uh, the book was, the book I think I got at like a Gospel Coalition or a Together for the Gospel Conference a couple years ago. It just sat on my bookshelf, and... We, we were looking, I, it was a couple months ago, and was looking at James, looking at just social justice, and, and how can we be better involved in a church? How, how can we better think through these things? So I was like, oh, a resource. Let me pick it up. And it was good. So really what you're saying is all these books that are on your shelf are there just to make you look smart, not because you've actually read them? It's all about appearance. <laughs> all about appearance. No, you know, I, I actually, yeah, I could say I've read most or at least a lot in every one of them. <laughs> Maybe not every book. Uh, but the word verse deed, so his whole thing is, is helping us think through, um, as Christians, the fact that we need to speak the gospel yeah, with yeah. our words and that with our lives, we need to do deeds. We need to do acts of kindness and goodness and mercy uh, to others. And he shows that we need to make sure we properly understand the difference between words and, and our actions and that our words are the way that we give the gospel and our deeds are the ways that we uh, that we show the love of Christ. But doing actions is not giving the gospel. And so it was a great book. It really made me think through uh, just how I'm living, how I'm thinking about the gospel. Uh, it, it was just really, really good. It gave me a... It encouraged me to share the gospel. It encouraged me to think through the power of the gospel. Uh, so yeah, so I know we're going to talk about some of those things. It was it was really helpful, simple read. I don't know, 140 pages maybe, something like that. Uh, Is it large print? No, but I think there's maybe there's some charts in there. Pictures, pictures, pictures. Uh, a few, not not as many <laughs> as I would have hoped. Uh, I do like pictures. <laughs> hey, so as as I look at this topic, I think something that would be really helpful for us. Um, as, as we converse, is helping to flush out a balance. Uh, because we, just as people in general, have a tendency to be on a pendulum, right? And I, I think the church in general, especially uh, uh, in our day and age, uh, the pendulum has really swung towards deed. Do you find that? Um, is that true for for your experience with maybe just the cultural Christianity around you, or is that just me? Um, no, I, I would agree, and it's actually something the book addresses really well. Um, so he makes a point in the book that if we're not careful, we begin to think that evangelism um, is, is speaking the gospel and also... Uh, 
our acts of kindness, our acts of mercy is evangelism. And he says, when we do that, we, we blur the lines of understanding what the gospel is um, and what the commission is to go make disciples. And so s- to clarify, you're saying he was saying that both speaking the gospel and word or his word and deed together, that confuses it or that he said, he said, we need to make sure evangelism is defined as speaking the gospel. He said the, the gospel is a verbal proclamation. And one of the things he did in the book was, was show how you can't with your deeds define justification, define adoption. You can't with your deeds help people understand the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, he does a great job on, on showing you know, our deeds are necessary. We, we yeah. must love one another. Yeah. I mean, we have commands to go and show uh, the love of Christ to one another. But he shows that, that we must make sure we define evangelism as actually sharing with our words the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I think, to answer your question, yes, there is currently a problem largely within the church in America. I'll, I'll just limit us to here. Because I think we've lost the, I think we've we've misunderstood what evangelism is. I think so many people have pushed social justice things, feeding the homeless, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, housing projects, just so many good things that that churches could and should be a part of, and we begin to think that that's evangelism. Um, and when that happens, I think that the church will migrate or drift towards that because frankly it's easier than telling someone look this is the gospel and if you don't believe this according to the word of god you are falling under the judgment of god i mean to tell someone they're going to hell is far harder than giving them a cup of water and so when we blur that distinction which i think has in america we will migrate we will drift towards doing acts of kindness, thinking that we're evangelizing rather than actually speaking the gospel. Yeah. That, that's what just really helped me in the book, really helped me. Yeah, and, and I can see just from the cultural perspective, um, we, we live in a culture of, well, <laughs> I got to be careful how I define this. It, it's defined as a culture of acceptance. Would that be, would that be accurate? Would that be um, acceptance of... Maybe, maybe tolerance. Tolerance. Okay, tol- that's probably better. But tolerance for spe- specific things, to be honest with you. Not necessarily tolerance for uh, the convictions of the Bible. Or um, I would say it's tolerant of almost anything but the Bible. Yeah. It's tolerant of anything that is exclusive, which is a little bit of an irony. It's a conundrum. Because yeah. you can't. You, you, you can't, can't be, be tolerant of all things, and yeah, and then and then and the pick and choose something yeah. that you're intolerant yeah. towards, which which that's where our society is going. And here's the thing: is Christianity is exclusive. Yeah, like we we are an inclusive people in that we love we, the gospel is for all, but it is exclusive in that only those who believe in Jesus as their as their savior. Yeah, as the one who who is their substitute, as the one who died for their sin, so that they would be saved from hell and saved to God for eternity, uh, 
Christianity is completely exclusive because Jesus is the only way. Yes. Uh, so, so our ideology, our worldview, uh, Christianity itself, flies in the face of the of, of culture. Uh, the, the general culture here in, in, uh, in America, um, but also a big part of what our culture has put forth, which I think in some ways is very good. Uh, I'll just say this. The culture uh, that, that values in, um, caring for others, that values doing good deeds, that values going and serving the poor, uh, there's good elements to that. We... We, we must do those things. And, and so I think one thing that I hope just in this podcast that we can stress the goodness of deeds. I mean, yeah. James in chapter two of his letter says, you know, faith without works is dead. Yeah. The very, the acts of kindness that we do is the fruit of our faith. And if we don't, if yeah. we're not loving our neighbor, which is is really the message of the Good Samaritan, go and do likewise. Go and love your neighbor. And, of course, who's your neighbor? It's those around you. Um, or Galatians 6, 9, and 10. I have that one here. I, I love this passage. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Uh, on a side note, I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but what I thought was interesting, the book did emphasize that the majority of time in the Bible where good works are being emphasized, Old Testament and New Testament, is within the people of God primarily, especially on more concrete levels where more specifics are being added. Now, of course, we do have the commands like here. Uh, so then as we have opportunity, let's do good to everyone. But again, yeah. especially the household of faith. Yeah. So. The church is to definitely meet the needs of those within the church. We are to show the love of Christ. We are family. So we need to show the world what it looks like for us to love one another. But then we also do love those outside the church. And we need to do that through um, multiple ways. In fact, Tim Keller wrote a book, Ministries of Mercy. Uh, That book was phenomenal. Very, very helpful in thinking of... Man, the innumerable amount of ways that we can help. And he gave actually a lot of categories to help us think, where do I need to serve? How do I need to serve? What could serving look like? Uh, So the point of uh, Word vs. Deed book, Litfin's book, was not to be as specific as as what Keller's book was. So if you want a resource on what does it look to, to really serve, meet needs, and maybe even end certain social problems in your community, man, Ministries of Mercy was, was a great book by Keller. Well, and, and, and that's a great point in that we as Christians should be working towards loving and caring and serving one another, and yet keep that in balance with um, Jesus' commands, right? He says, they'll know you are Christians, yeah. if, or they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another, yeah, so like notice it, the focus. Who's the love one it, another? It's it's the church. It's, it's the church. It's the, it's the disciples. In fact, um, I'm, I'm trying to recall, and I, I'm horrible at this, and I'll hopefully find the reference. Uh, it's but, funny. When we get on a podcast, <laughs> you can forget everything, and then outside the podcast, <laughs> it's then, like, oh, yeah, I know oh, that yeah, That's right. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of there was, a, there was a, uh, a Roman official for whom their desire was to oust and de... de um, de what's the word I'm looking defame Christianity. 
but their response in one of the letters between rulers was, here's the problem. They even take care of their own poor. Yeah. Like the church, the church takes care of their, these Christians take care of their own poor. They don't even have, they don't even have poor people in the church. I mean, they have poor people, but they're not like a drain on society because they care for them themselves. They, they're loving and caring for themselves. And, And that's why I think like benevolence within the church is so vastly important that, that we be intricately involved in loving and caring for those who belong to our church family. Well, I think that's what it is to show the world the kingdom of God. Now, the church is not God's kingdom. God's kingdom, uh, a good way to summarize that is God's people in God's place under God's rule. So we as the church who experience the blessing of God's rule, um, we're to demonstrate that. We're to show the world the goodness of who our God is and what it means to be a citizen of his kingdom. And we do that by taking care of one another, which is a way that we show the love of Jesus to this world. In fact, John 17 talks about the unity of the church. The love the church has for one another is one of the most powerful ways we show the love that God has for this world. Um, And and we do that by the way we love each other. So there's definitely a focus on on how the church is to love each other. Uh, And and the the Bible also shows that we are to love those outside the church. John Calvin said, the faithful do not only make claims with their lips, but Prove their service of God in concrete acts. Yes. Like we can't just say, oh, we love the poor and do nothing for the poor. Yes. We, we want to help the needy and not do anything for the needy. No, we, we actually go out there and we need to think about how do we do this? Um, yeah, we don't say, go and be warm and don't give them a jacket. Yeah. Go and bless you, go and be fed and don't give them food. That's, um, yeah. Which was cool. So I actually went through that passage last night with my kids. We're doing like uh, Bible time. And so we're reading James 2 and we read through that like verses 14 through the end of the chapter in chapter 2 of James. And, and so my oldest son goes, so what you're saying, dad, is, is if someone's at school and they're cold or they need something, I can't just tell them, hey, feel better. Hey, I hope everything works out. I should actually think about what I do, what do, you do? for them. And I'm yeah. like, yes. yes. And yeah. he and he and he goes, I, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. And my daughter was chiming in. Even my seven year old son. Uh, I mean, he spaces in and out while we do Bible time <laughs> a lot, uh, which is good. I have to keep telling myself that's okay. He's seven. Doesn't really matter. Uh, he, he he's getting some things, but but he was picking up on it too. He was like, yeah. Yeah. So so I need to actually show people the love of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. We can't just say we love people. We need to show them love. Yeah. Well, and, and that love be genuine, right? Yeah. Let love be genuine. I think that, that is a command that we love them because we love them. And, and what we were talking about a little bit before was we love them not just so that we could later maybe give them the gospel. We don't love them as a project of, man, I'm going to love this guy so that he will come to our church, be saved, and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, we're going to love them because he's created in the image of God. Well, and, and the whole idea of um, when you pursue others because you have an end goal for them, you objectify them. Okay, but can I just ask you? Yeah. All right. So I get this. I, and I get the fact people are not projects. So I'm totally on board. 
but I do. I, I don't. I don't know that I can separate that in my head. Like when I'm actually thinking about my neighbor, and I see that he needs help with something, yeah. or there's a struggle, or you know they have a surgery, and I, we bring yeah. them a meal. There is a part of me, a large part of me, that's saying. I'm doing this because I want them to see the love of Jesus. I'm doing this. Yeah. I hope that this will bear fruit someday and that I will be able to share the gospel with them. So I I, I don't want to say I view them as a project, but I do look at those acts of kindness as hopefully yeah. moving us forward in our relationship that that I would be able to do more for them and, and share the gospel with them. Well, if, if your motivation is love, if you really love someone, why would you want to withhold the greatest treasure in all the earth? Why would you want to withhold the gospel? Why would you not? Yeah. I mean, if truly, if you love someone, if you care for them, then your aim is going to be to share with them Jesus, the right. greatest, the greatest joy we could ever have. I mean, when when I meet someone uh, and I find out they love coffee, I talk about. Coffee. Coffee. I and you live a, in Portland, and you I have some amazing Portland, coffee. And we have great coffee. Insomnia. Yes. Dapper and Wise is the, is, is the, uh, the roaster. Although, uh, although just, just so you know, we're up in Olympia Yeah, where'd right we go now. today? We went to... Uh, we went to Dancing Goats Coffee. They were which excellent. Which I still have that. Yeah, let's give, them, let's give them a the shout out here. Bronson uh, Coffee Roasters. It's up on, uh, if you're in the Lacey Olympia area, it's up on 6th Avenue. It is by far my favorite coffee place. I do think they should open at 6 a.m. instead of 6.30. 6 a.m. would have been helpful this we, morning. We arrived at the coffee place, mm -hmm. and I'm all proud. I'm, I'm taking Bobby. I'm like, dude, I got, I got good coffee for you. <laughs> we get there at 6.10, and we sat in my truck for 20 minutes as we waited for the coffee <laughs> shop to open. It's all right, man. Your company was was all that I needed at 6.10 in the morning. At 6. No, no, it probably wasn't. No, actually, it wasn't. It's probably the only thing. Coffee would have been helpful. <laughs> Well, hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. We we are to be motivated by love to share the gospel. So I have relationships with my neighbors. Yeah. And my ultimate desire is that they know Jesus. Okay, but that's not treating people like a project. But it is. Right? No. But I, it's a fine line. Yeah. Probably. Here's the deal. Here's here, I think here's what changes it. Um, uh, I do not believe I am a soul winner. Okay. Jesus is the soul winner. I don't go out and save people. Right. Jesus saves people. Uh, so what do I do? I go out and I love people. Right. With the love that has been put in me, uh, because I because God's love has been poured into my heart. Right. Right. And it overflows. It should overflow. My love for Him should overflow onto others, just like I love coffee. Then I find a coffee lover. I want to tell them about this great you coffee. You are saying coffee kind of strange right now. Sorry. Coffee. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, whether it's coffee or yeah. whether it's uh, my favorite restaurant in town, or, or we are evangelists for everything we love. Okay, let, me, let me just, something you said was really good, and I don't want us to miss that. Like, we do acts of kindness and acts of mercy, not because that saves us, not because that merits anything no, for us, no. but because that is simply the overflow of our hearts because of the love of God. Yeah. Um, one thing you said is we love because Christ has loved us. Um, and in fact, 
the Gospels would, would push on that so far to say, if you don't forgive as God has forgiven you, then you have not truly been forgiven. Yeah, you don't if understand. you don't show mercy as God has shown you mercy, if you don't show grace, then you have not actually experienced that. Yeah. Uh, you can go to Matthew 18 about the, the parable of the, the servant who's been forgiven, you know, the million dollars, whatever it is, yeah. and the, the king forgives him. Then he goes, finds a guy who, who, ha- who owes him like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is, and he ends up beating the guy, throwing him in jail, and the king hears about it and says, hey, how could you not forgive yeah. when I forgave you so much? Yeah. And what we see throughout God's word is that those who experience the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of yeah. God, show God's love, grace, mercy. So again, we do these acts of kindness, these works, because, because that's what it is to love Christ, because that is the other side of the coin of faith. We're saved by faith, mm-hmm. and that faith, that faith uh, brings about works, which is the whole point of James chapter 2. Real faith yeah. produces real works. Uh, but those works point somewhere. They point definitely. They're not just. They're not just trying to end a social problem. They're they're about showing the love of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so can we, can we switch gears? So acts of kindness are very necessary. <laughs> and what you said in the beginning, though, is that as a church, we often will confuse those and. Um, we begin to do acts of mercy rather than sharing the gospel. Um, and the point of the book was that we must share the gospel. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was a cool quote Tim Keller said. He said, if we confuse evangelism and social justice, we lose what is the single most unique service, service that Christians can offer the world. Others alongside believers can feed the hungry, but Christians have the gospel of Jesus by which men and women can be born again into the certain hope of eternal life. So let's talk for a moment about the need to share the gospel and the need to make sure uh, that that is distinguished from from works, from, from deeds, is it doesn't need to be? Here's the question. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Distinguished meaning it's not deeds alone. Deeds alone is not the gospel, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, you're feeding the homeless is great, yeah. necessary, but that in itself does not communicate the gospel because you cannot communicate the truths of the gospel with mere actions. Like how do you communicate, yeah. like I said, or a justification, adoption, yeah. the death, resurrection of Christ. Yeah. Those things are, are cognitive yep. and, and they must be verbally communicated mm-hmm. uh, if, if we're actually going to share the gospel. So I would, I would say two things. I heard a pastor say recently, um, the pursuit of, of social justice, and he uses that in a very broad uh category. We're not talking about necessarily anything race, racial or ethnic or anything like that, but the relief of suffering. Yeah. The pursuit of relieving suffering is good. It's good. But as a Christian, that's not our primary pursuit to relieve the suffering of the, of the world. Our primary pursuit is to relieve the world of a suffering much greater, the suffering that would be yeah. theirs in eternity in hell, with an eternity in hell. Like that is a greater uh, relief and a greater pursuit and a greater um, uh, uh, ma- uh, manifesto 
right. you know, on the church. This is what we're called to do. This is our primary aim. And that's why we preach the gospel. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can be, and, I, and I, I, deeds are, are a part of it, but deeds are supposed to lead us to that. Yeah. Right? And I think of Jesus speaks in Matthew 15. Uh, he's, he's telling the disciples, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Like if, if your saltiness, if, if, if what's distinct about you, distinct about you as our people, as, as God's people, the gospel yeah. is, is, is not salty. If your life isn't salty, if it doesn't taste different, yeah. then you're good for nothing except you know, when the snow hits. And, and we need yeah, to melt the no snow. No ice then. That's yeah. right. Um, and then he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Like, we're supposed to shine forth. We are different. This is what gospel community, this is what the church looks like. This is what it feels like. This is the warmth uh, of Christ. Nor do a, a people light a lamp and put it under a basket. You can't hide it. You're not supposed to hide it. But we put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. And then he says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others. This is like good deeds, right? Uh, work out good deeds so that they may see your good works. And then it leads somewhere and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Yeah. So like our good works should not be, man, Nick is such a great, what a great neighbor. What a great guy. He came over and he helped me shovel snow, which you guys still have snow out in front of your church. That's crazy. Not it's, much, not it's, much. It's March, what? March 13th? 14th. 14th? It's Pi Day, by the way. It is Pi Day. 3.14. I meant to have pie for us. Uh, I, you let me down. Totally bombed. No, you know what? We'll get pie. It's still, yeah, the we'll, day is we'll still young. We'll find pie. Um, um, but but if all that does is point to how good you are, that's not right. gospel work. It has to point to the glory of the love of Jesus, the love of God. And, and we do that through what? Through the verbal communication. Through the, the verbal gospel. communication of the gospel. No, and, and so I totally agree that we're... we're we're to be a light. Our actions are a way that we are light in this world. Um, and one of the things the book did for me was as it was, it, it popped a bubble that I, I've believed. Um, you've probably heard something like this. And I mean, I, I think you kind of have to be a little bit careful in saying this, but it's, it, it's true. Um, we oftentimes think that before I share the gospel, I need to develop a relationship with someone. Mm. As if the gospel is not powerful enough to save in yeah. itself, yeah. I need to do acts of kindness, develop a relationship, make sure the guy knows that I love him, so that then when I share the gospel, he will receive it. And what we're actually saying at that moment is the gospel plus my works is powerful to save someone. Now, again, I will push back and I will say, yes, our, our deeds are very important and they can give a foundation for us sharing the gospel. Um, but to think that they're necessary for the sharing of the gospel, as if you're in a taxi cab and you go, man, I, I can't really share the gospel with this guy because I don't have a relationship with him. Or you you meet a new neighbor and there's a great gospel opportunity, but you say, you know, I've just kind of met them. I think I might need to take a few weeks or years, develop a relationship with them. 
we're actually cutting, we're removing the power of the gospel. We're not, we're denying the power of the gospel. Uh, Romans 10, faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. So the way people are saved is through the word of Christ. Um, People are saved by hearing the death and resurrection of Christ. It is not because of our eloquence. It is not because of my actions. Yeah. Um, and so I think we just have to be remembering of that. So if you're here and you're sitting there going, man, I just really want to develop a relationship with my neighbor so that then I can share them the gospel. Okay, the gospel is always offensive because it calls people sinners under the wrath of God. Like, there's no way yeah. to get to that point in your relationship yeah. and not be offensive. Now, works are helpful. Works are good to let people know how we love them. But again, it is the yeah. gospel that is what saves people. And so uh, this book helped me realize how in some ways I begin to think that the gospel needs my works with it in order to be effective in sharing it. But technically I can go up to my neighbor and I should be looking and trying to be bold in every opportunity and share the gospel, despite how many works I've done for him, despite how much he knows that I love him. Uh, Well, I I think of Paul, Paul, Yes, he went to the synagogues, right, to go preach the gospel. So it's kind of a place where you expect to hear a a rabbi or a teacher like Paul come and teach. That's fine. But Paul also went to the marketplace. Paul went to the Aragopagus. Aragopagus. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, Tongue stumbler. I mean, Paul went to different cities and... At Gentile cities, and he's preaching in the marketplace where he hasn't developed a relationship with people. Yeah, you know, I he meets people along the way, but what we see is Paul goes and he proclaims forth the gospel. And here's what's great about this: it's the Holy Spirit that does the converting, not you. Totally. Like I, well, and that's what we got to remember because if it's I'm the one who's saving, then I better do a lot of works yeah. first. Yeah. But if it's Jesus that saves, then let's just put Jesus out there and let's just see where the chips fall. Now, again, I do think majority of our evangelism will probably be done in some type of existing relationships. Uh, If all I do is go up to random people on the street, I mean, that's great. And and if that's your calling, awesome. But God has placed us in neighborhoods, given mm-hmm. us uh, co-workers, um, you know, given us uh, parents that we associate with on our kids' soccer teams or whatever else. Those are all people whom God has placed in our sphere yeah. to do acts of kindness with and share the gospel yes. with. So I do think that a lot of our, most of our evangelism will be done in relationships, but I just can't think that the success of the gospel or when I give the gospel is dependent or determined on how many acts of kindness I've actually done. We need to know the gospel has the power to save. Uh, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Like It's it's the power of God. And, And so for me, it's just been convicting, just wrestling with... Am I trusting in the power of God to save? Am I trusting 
that it's not my eloquence, it's not my knowledge, it's not my abilities, it's not my acts of kindness that's going to win this person. It actually has nothing to do with me. and has everything to do with Christ. And more and more I believe that, the more willing and the more bold I can be in sharing that gospel. So, so let's, let's, let's play something out, because I think that the idea, and I'm still wrestling with this, um, I would say that my life is the context by which people hear my words. Yes. Right? And so the truthfulness of my word, the, the way we operate in, in just general humanity is the truthfulness of your words is, is the context is, is, the, is your character and, and the consistency of your actions. Yes. And how consistent your word and action are. And, and the truth is no one's consistent. Save Jesus, every human being on the earth has broken their own moral code. Not just once, multiple times. And there, there are so, those who, for whom have a better record. I don't know how else to put it, but they have a better record of being consistent uh, with, with their own words or their own moral code. Um, but then I think of Paul. I think, you know, what was happening when the gospel was being preached to spite him? And what was his response? The gospel is being preached. You talk about, yeah, in Philippians chapter 1, yeah. he's, he's in prison. He's in and prison. people are going out and sharing the gospel um, as a means of... As a means of harming him. Of harming him. And Paul... Oh, man, what, what does that say? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians. Chapter 1. I can't get there. My Bible is stuck. <laughs> Some indeed preached Christ from envy and rivalry but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. And and what does he say? What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So, I mean... I actually he brought, and I'm glad you brought that up because Litfin, it's so hard to say that last name, Litfin in his book, Word Verse Eight, he uses that. And that's actually a powerful uh, argument that he makes on, on the fact that when the gospel goes forth, yeah, like there's power in it, even if a guy does it with evil motives. Um, now, again, I would not say that's the recommended way. <laughs> no. But what it does, it shows us. That man, the the results aren't up to you and me. Yeah. The 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 power to save is not you and me. It's all about Christ. Now, Paul would not disciple anyone into acting like these guys. No, no. He's not going to say, "Look, guys, it doesn't matter." Um, but what he what he wants us to see and know is that, guys, we can be bold with sharing the gospel yeah. because Jesus will save. And I think for me, that's something I'm becoming increasingly convicted of. Yeah. I, w- I want to take more risks. Uh, I want I want to to put more things out there with neighbors and other yeah. people whom God has called me to. I, I don't want to play it safe. Uh, I want to I want to put the gospel out there, and not being a jerk, not trying to undermine relationships, not just trying to We're do not out so to make people uncomfortable. Well, I guess no. maybe we kind of. But I mean, you know, not but, but for their good, for their good, and not trying to hide or trying to wait yeah. until. I mean, I feel like now is the best time. Versus, you know what? The spirit is in me, and I just want to follow him and share the gospel as much as I can and and trust that he's going to do what's right. You see, the truth is this really puts our theology to the test. What do we really believe about John chapter 3? 
when Jesus encounters Nicodemus. Yeah. What do we really believe Jesus meant when he attributes conversion to rebirth by the Spirit? And the Spirit, not something man controls, yeah. not something man does, but but to be born again is an act of God. And so, so when the gospel is proclaimed, then it's heard through the ears, because it has to be spoken with the mouth, Romans 10, right? right. Uh, um, how are they to know? Unless, unless a preacher goes and, and, and preaches. We should actually probably read the actual verse. Um, but, in, but John 3 is telling us that it is the Holy Spirit that creates new life in the believer. Through the preaching of the word, this, the Spirit brings to life yeah. those who are hearing, those the, who would hear and believe. And it is His work. And that's why I say, I'm not a soul winner. And we're and, just supposed to point people to Christ. That's what we do. And yes, our words are helpful because people will at time, or our deeds are helpful because people at times will say, "Man, why do you do this? Yeah. Why do you why do you love these people when when they're not gracious back or, yeah. or you know when things don't seem to be reciprocated?" And we can then point them to Christ and let them know the hope that we have, and that's great. And we need to do that, but. We need to give the gospel yeah. regularly. And I think I'd probably say, like, if you're listening, I, I think there's the idea that the pastors, you know, because we, we study the Bible, and we do. We probably study the Bible more than, than the yeah. other people in the church because it's That's our, our job. job. Uh, so hopefully we do. Otherwise, we'd be pretty bad pastors. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's easy for us. Yeah, It doesn't mean that we don't still have the same fears. It doesn't mean we don't wrestle with, uh, man, am I going to offend this guy? Man, are we going to be friends later? It doesn't mean we don't have those insecurities. Uh, I, I wrestle with that. and I just. But one thing I would say is that the more I wrestle with God's word, the more I see the truth of the power of the gospel, the more I realize that by me not sharing the gospel, um, I'm denying that truth. I'm denying yeah. the power that Christ has. Uh, and he loves to save. That's yeah. what we see all throughout yeah. Scripture. He loves to save. Yeah. Well, and it could also be that we're withholding. Yeah. We're, we're really withholding love from those who would need it. Well, I, um, I would totally say that. I mean, the most loving thing we can do is, is to tell people yeah. that there's a God who loves them through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, if we don't do that, yeah. I mean, we're, we're not loving them. Well, and, and it's remarkable to think, I mean, no one is outside the grasp. No one is outside the grasp of the gospel. Uh, no one is too far gone. Um, we all have people in our lives for whom we think, uh yeah, they're not going to. They're, they're not going to. You know what I mean? We, we have doubts. Two examples: Paul, yeah, yeah. Um, terrorist in the New Testament, yes, uh, to the church. He gets saved. Uh, the second one: we're about to start a series in Jonah, and we see Nineveh yeah. get saved. Yeah, um, Nineveh is a nation full of pagan worshiping and terrorists. Yeah. They are. In fact, I would say they make Sodom and Gomorrah look like. Um, Look like child's play in a sense. When yeah. you start reading some of the ways they slaughtered and killed people, yeah. like it's crazy. And they did it in the name of Asher, their pagan deity, yep. Yep. going forth. So, anyways, 
But we see salvation comes to these people who, I mean, largely, I think many people would say, mm, it's not going to happen there. Like, they're just well, not going to be was, saved. That was Jonah's complaint, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He was like, they don't deserve to be saved. Um, they're wicked, wicked people. And God's like, you know what? I save who I save. Yeah. Which that's, that's Romans 9. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but, uh, and John 6 and John 10. The Bible. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just go with that. The Bible. <laughs> the Bible. Uh, no, I don't know. This, this book has been really good for me in wrestling with, okay, deeds, so incredibly helpful need to do them, the evidence of my faith, ways to show the love of Christ um, inside and outside the church. But evangelism, nothing replaces the need for evangelism. In fact, I can do all the good deeds, and nobody will be saved because of them. But I need to share the gospel. What people don't understand, I think we said this before, is St. Francis of Assisi, said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. What they don't understand is St. Francis was a preacher. Like, his emphasis was not that you should stop talking or sharing the gospel. His emphasis was that, well, you know what? You should probably back up what you're saying and serve and love and serve people. It's Let's add the deed to this word that you're doing. Um, Very true. it, it, It wasn't to negate sharing the gospel because he he knew as as we know now or as we know in Romans 10 um let me I'll just read it for the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame he's speaking of of Christ for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same lord is lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That's good, man. So I, we, it, just in that passage, we, we have to preach. We as a church have to send. We have to raise up, equip, and send. I mean, that, I, I just realized that's a... That's a call to church planting. Yeah. Isn't well, it? Well, and, and what you emphasize is this isn't just certain people. It, this is what it is to be Christian. To be a Christian yeah. is to be a disciple maker. And it's good to have categories. We engage people. Uh, we engage unbelievers through our acts of kindness and love and mercy. Necessary. Yeah. yeah. And we also need to evangelize, give yeah. them the gospel. Yeah. We need to have both those categories. And I think when we have both those categories, we... We effectively show people the love of Christ. Um, Man, this is good. Uh, I know for me, I'm being personally challenged in how do I be more effective in sharing the gospel. And I want to be more bold. Maybe maybe we can just close in prayer for boldness to share the gospel. I mean, I think Paul prays for that in Ephesians. He asks, hey, pray for me that I'd be bold in sharing the gospel and that doors would be opened. And I think that needs to be our regular prayer too. Absolutely. As a church and as individuals, would you pray for us? And then I'll do the bumper. Go on. Yeah. Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you that you have sent your son to die on a cross, that we who believe in you could be saved that we could be adopted into your family, justified, declared righteous, made heirs with your son. God, we thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for uh, 
the fact that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that you have given us your spirit that we, uh, that we would live like you, mm-hmm. that we would show love and kindness and mercy and grace as you have done that for us. I pray that we, as believers, that our churches, that we would be a great light in this world, that we would, we would shine brightly in all that we do. Mm-hmm. And God, may we also be bold in our words. Lord, I pray for boldness for myself, mm-hmm. for Bobby, mm-hmm. for our churches, for those who are listening, God, help us to be bold. Help us not to, not to uh, waver, not to, um, not to uh, deny the power of the gospel by being silent. But God, help us to to proclaim. And God, may we not be worried about do we know enough? Have we done enough? But Lord, may we just trust that you are good, that you are merciful, that you are kind, that you are gracious, and that you will use all of our inadequacies and everything that's considered foolish. And that God, you will use that for good and that you can save. So Lord, we thank you that you save. We thank you that we are not called to save, but we're called just to simply proclaim the gospel. Lord, use us. Use us for the proclamation of your name, and may you save many, many people. In your name, Jesus, amen. Hey, thank you for listening to Satisfied. Uh, We pray that our time here has been beneficial and encouraging to you. Um, Would you let us know? Uh, You can go to our website at www.satisfiedinchrist.life. We have a message board there. Uh, Would you let us know uh, maybe how we've helped or if you have some questions or things or topics you'd like for us to approach or talk about. Uh, You can find us also um, on uh, iTunes podcast on, what else, Nick? I think there's a thing called Stitcher. Stitcher. Apparently we're on Stitcher. Uh, I don't even know what a Stitcher is. It sounds like a sewing machine to me. Um, But hey, we're glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to us. uh, um, Hopefully ramble to the glory of God. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Satisfied in Christ. All of our links and resources can be found at the website satisfiedinchrist.life.